Welcome to Becoming Heisenberg, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How is it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Excellent, this is for season three, episode six, called Sunset. Uh, David, what did you think of this one? Uh, I enjoyed this episode, It's it's got um, sort of, the it's the first episode of sort of setting Walt onto his new reality because mm. it's, it's his first day cooking in the lab it's this sort of it's like the first day of a new job basically and that's sort of how yeah. he's treating it in the show which is i you know i like the fact that he's there sort of making sandwiches and he's kind of getting dressed and he's he's treating it as though it is like his first day of school you know um <laughs> i did it's i like the way that they sort of did that of like he's treating it like any other job you know um so you've got all that going on. You've got some good stuff with the cousins in there as well. Um, that ending with Gus, and it's always great to see Gus in it, in it again. Um, you've got um, stuff with Jesse and the boys and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, it covers a lot. It's a, it's a really nice sort of... It almost feels like the, 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 the starting of a new chapter to the story this point mm, yeah yeah i get what you mean yeah um i was saying to you just before we started recording that so this is season three episode six which i would say is the halfway point of the whole series but i think i remember saying that before and i don't know why i would have said that before which is which is <laughs> strange but anyway uh this is yeah this is roughly halfway through season three and obviously season three is the middle one see some people say Breaking Bad's got six seasons. I would argue against that. It's just got two halves of season five. But yes. uh, yeah, anyway, there we go. Um, yeah, I thought this episode was excellent. It's interesting from a rewatch standpoint because um, this is the episode I remember the least about. Like, as we were going through mm-hmm. it, or as I was going uh, going through it, I really couldn't remember what was going to happen next, which was really interesting. Um, especially when that, because we, we've said that's one thing that when that comes up um it's kind of kind of strange and in in a good way but this was the one that was most like that um and maybe it's like you said maybe this is kind of because this is almost part of like a new chapter as you said uh which i agree with um but yeah but i like clear as day i can remember certain things that happened from now onwards it was just this particular episode it was uh it was interesting but uh lots and lots of really good stuff happening uh things get very very close obviously you've got hank being a few meters uh or however you describe it from um walt but not knowing it at all and you've got all that going on uh like he's literally on the other side of the door uh, for the RV, um, Jesse coming back, I thought was great. There's some interesting stuff there going on with how he is handling his addiction and being around other people. That was that was quite good. Um, Gus is always great and entertaining. Um, there's a few like mannerism changes from him as well. I, mean, I noticed in the uh, when he goes to speak to the cousins, and he talks to I think it's not Francesca, it's somebody else, uh, the one that he works with. And he's like got the friendly Gus thing going on, then switches when he talks to them and he's like, you know, what do you want kind of thing. Um, that mm-hmm. was that was pretty great. But and I won't, I won't say obviously what's going to happen next. Um, the end of this episode happened and I thought, oh, I remember what happens in the next one. Next one's a really, really good episode yeah. and a really big pivotal part of the show. So that will be a 
great to get to as well. Um, <clears throat> but no, lots of great things in this episode. We'll talk about them in the recap in a moment. Uh, let's do some housekeeping and then we'll get to that said recap. See you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode. And you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well. So you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so it's been a busy old week on Entertainment Talk. Why is that, you may be asking. I've uh, got some announcement news, which is that Classic Reviews Season 6 is coming soon. I have completed recording the uh, six episodes, uh, just a little bit of like a teaser, I suppose. There will be three films and three seasons of TV, or I guess three TV shows, but three seasons of TV, so six episodes, apart from a little sort of preview to come later. And there is a season six rankings as well. Uh, I did explain a little human error I made um, during the process of that. But that will be coming. I haven't decided an actual date yet because I want to see what happens, you know, the rest of the year and stuff. It will be around about Christmas time, which, yes, I may have done it very early, but I did it way too late last year. So I decided to uh, use some of this summer break and um, 
and do that so that's pretty good so they're all they're all ready to go basically the podcast but i'm going to release them later i just don't have a specific date yet because we don't know what's going to be going on in december it'll be sort of december crossing into january is 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 the idea um i used to do them as like summer seasons but that uh changed in the last couple of years but that's coming soon um I did a uh, pod- football podcast this week. It's called Discussing the Saudi Football Situation. There's a lot of money being exchanged between Saudi clubs and um, footballers. And I discussed all that situation. And there's all this talk of like, oh, it's creating the Super League and it's this and it's that. I view the situation very, very differently. I described all of that on that podcast. But it all started with Cristiano Ronaldo going over to Al Nasser, getting two million a week, uh, which is just, wow. Um, But uh, all that sort of situation, there's loads and loads and loads of players that have gone over there since, but there's, um, yeah, that's going on at the moment. What what do you think of what's going on with uh, the the Saudi football situation, I suppose? Uh, Inevitable conclusion to to football as a whole i mean you know you've got a lot of overpaid prima donnas that are just going after the money so you know i mean what do you expect <laughs> yeah see david gets it yeah yeah um but uh anyway there's all that going on uh over on the united cast we had a important possibly final there's some weird stuff going on with this um mason greenwood who of course was accused of uh, domestic violence and whatnot 18 months ago uh, the club suspended him. I'm, I'm giving you the very short version of the story here. Uh, he was suspended pending, obviously, a very long investigation. These things take a long time. Charges were dropped in February of this year, and then it was handed over to the club to decide what to do. Um, the club has mutually decided with Mason Greenwood to let him go. But in all three statements from Richard Arnold, the club, and Mason Greenwood himself, all say that he didn't do what he supposedly did, but they're letting him go, which is a very, very strange thing to say. Um, and everyone is very confused by what's going on. And it feels like there's something else that's maybe going to happen. But that's the situation with that. I can't give you any more information than that. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, but he has said to have been to have left the club at the moment. Uh, over on the United cast, we lost 2-0 to Tottenham. Some very, very disappointing goals that we let in in the second half. Could have scored a lot of goals in the first half. We need to be a lot more clinical. And uh, we next play Nottingham Forest on Saturday. So there's that. Over on Gaming Talk this week, um, we talked about Starfield going gold. There's also um, uh, various, you know, YouTube people and that kind of stuff have been getting codes for Starfield so that they can play it in time to get a review out of some sense uh, for the embargo. Call of Duty is going retro as well, adding all 16 Modern Warfare 2 maps to Modern Warfare 3 when that comes out later this year. And we also talked about The Walking Dead. It's got a choice-driven game, like a what-if style game coming out. Uh, as well so that's interesting uh, Breaking Bad podcast from last week um, did a light must see review for Gran Turismo the film based on the game and based on the true story as well so that was good to do um, and yeah that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms <clears throat> uh, a police officer is out somewhere in the desert and finds a woman who's been reported missing but finds her dead. Eventually coming across one of the cousins, uh, sorry, coming across the cousins, um, one of which sneaks behind him and kills him very casually, very, very casually with an axe. Well, yes. Um, I mean, everything these guys do is just very casual. Very casual, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, usually, usually even in... 
even with scenes when a police officer is saying like surrender put your hands up not not every character is going to panic but it would be sometimes where let's say you got a more capable confident character and they'll sort of they'll just act differently to this like that no other characters really on television act like this and it's very it is very cool and very mysterious and that's sort of the the aim with them but the way he sort of you know puts it puts his hands up turns around and all that he knows the other guys behind him because he knows that and he can see him anyway um he kills him and then he just slowly takes a bite of this fruit and then you cue the the credits um so this is obviously telling us that they're still out there uh they're still on the way to do what they're what they're trying to do um it's a good little way to start the episode again it's not one of breaking bad sort of weird mysterious uh cold opens it doesn't always do that but um yeah it was quite good and again i couldn't remember if this person was alive or dead i couldn't remember that the cousins were there eventually when yeah. they when when they showed um like that person walking past and then their their score kicked in i was like oh, okay here, here here we go but that's that was uh quite cool as, as i said i think last time the cousins were in one of the episodes um their their the way their score sort of kicks in um to to a scene is really really quite effective and quite good so yeah good opening what do you think uh yeah i i had absolutely zero memory of this at all <laughs> as well um yeah it, there are bits of this i can't this episode like you were saying earlier yeah there are little bits that i do remember from this episode but i i had no recollection of this opening scene at all um but yeah i was it was cool it's nice to see the cousins we do actually get to hear the cousins speak at one point in this episode mm, as well they, yeah. they very very briefly i think that the they've got like five lines i think between the pair of them across the entire course of the series mm. but um yeah we get one of those lines this week but uh yeah the 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 way that they react and they're just sort of you know they're, when they're faced with somebody pointing a gun at them it's just yeah really interesting characters these two mm. um and yes solid opening i think yeah definitely <clears throat> uh, Walter White settles into his new surroundings and takes a liking to his new lab assistant Gail yes we're introduced to Gail in this uh particular episode uh jesse pinkman shows his myth um to badger and skinny pete and enlists them to enter the drug trade alongside him again promising um that uh they will not make the same mistake which got combo killed um the two reluctantly agree meanwhile hank is uh, now conducting surveillance literally right outside on jesse due to his connection with combo we saw the little connecting piece excuse me that last week uh believing that the uh rv of combo's mother is in his possession um he receives a call from marie who suggests that he ask walt about it due to walt's previous connection with jesse hank takes her advice and calls walt asking him if he can recall owning uh recall jesse owning an rv instantly alarmed walt realizes that he must now dispose of the rv before hank can find it and so kicks off the rest of the episode mm -hmm. um <clears throat> just going back to uh, gail for a second um yeah, it uh, he's got kind of an interesting story. Um, we'll, we'll talk about. I guess we'll talk a bit more about that in the the later um, Gale scenes. There's all like the science talking and that kind of stuff, which I thought was was quite good. Um, yeah, again, uh, we have an email a bit later about Hank as well. Um, he's just trying to get his job done, and mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, it's it, it's interesting to see, and you you see obviously the, the the call from Marie, and she's like, "Are you ever coming home?" And we get this little shot of um, lots and lots of just like food and drink wrappers and all this kind of stuff. Like he's just been going through drive-throughs a lot, and uh, you know, getting stuff ordered and and whatever. And he's just he's just been camping there outside his house, but. That that's Hank. He's very very determined. Hank doesn't really back down from things, um, and it's it's interesting interesting to see. Um, just on Jesse and that for a minute. It's it's been very interesting his arc over these last sort of four three four episodes maybe when he sort of came back into the picture. Obviously, the first couple of episodes was him listening to uh, uh, Jane's voicemail and that and being sort of understandably broken from the situation then he goes to rehab then comes back and um i do like though that um uh badger and skinny pete they say like hey is it okay if i if, if i do this in front of you and he's like yeah i'm not con- i can't remember exactly what he said but sort of i'm not consuming but i'm just distributing and cooking um but that, that doesn't feel again i don't know very much about you know addiction and and things like that apart from honestly what i've seen on tv and stuff um but he does seem and obviously this is you know fictional when it's written and it's scripted so there's going to be a certain way it's going to be it, it's going to go but um yeah the way he handled that was was very interesting and it didn't seem to be <clears throat> any sort of flinch of because they cut the camera over to him when he when um i think it's uh badger that's actually taking this meth because skinny pete's just like talking about it and stuff and they cut the camera over to Jesse a couple of times, and he doesn't even seem to be, at least the reading I got from him, again, my experience with this is, you know, different to other people's. Um, there didn't seem to be any sort of flinching or any kind of, like, fidgeting, because the way I've seen sort of drug characters portrayed, um, there's, I know it's a bit different, there's a storyline similarly going on in Hollyoaks at the moment, and that character in that show, who's like... a basically it was in jesse's situation before going to rehab but actually a lot worse um and this character on the show she's called she's called donna marie on Hollyoaks at the moment and she's doing a lot of sort of like scratching and fidgeting and flinching and you know things like that jesse seems to be the totally opposite like he seems very i mean there might be a little bit of something going on in there but he seems very very kind of put together um and honestly seeing both that both these two storylines i know obviously this one's a lot older uh this breaking bad one seeing the two of them is is quite interesting to see honestly polar opposites of what can sort of um the the sort of physical state of a person like that so that's just my kind of insight on it anyway not that i I don't have much insight to offer but that's my that's my uh yeah what i've got to offer for that Uh, what do you think of um yeah, particularly with Jesse. What do you think about what's going on with him here? Um, certainly, well, with, with Jesse, very much depends at, at what stage. He, I mean, he's been through rehab. And, you know, there, there's a reason why they say that people are, are always in recovery when they're addicts because, you know, there is always the chance that they can lapse back. But uh, I think it, it, it depends where he's mind is at at mm. that point and um you know i think it's one of those things that when it comes to addiction you it, it's it, it is a mental shift to to mm-hmm. 
stop it. You know, you you need to get to a point. You know, they they talk about people reaching rock bottom before they actually get help, and and there is a certain amount of truth to that. But it's it not always just that. It's there needs to be something that will shunt you out of it. In in a lot of cases, you know, there needs to be a reason for you to stop. And once you've actually stopped and got some of the help, it is possible to get to a point where, you know, if you're an alcoholic, you're okay going out to parties where people are drinking. You know, it is, and I mean, I imagine it is similar for people in, in situations with drunks as well, with, with these sort of drugs as well. I mean, um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the point where he's at at the moment, he's not necessarily particularly interested in getting high right now. What he's focused on is making the drugs and selling them and making money, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I think that is the difference at this point. It depends where he is at mentally. Um, and in some respects, getting out of that hole is is the worst bit of it. You know, like when well, you're talking about the character in Hollyoaks, he's, that's somebody that is in withdrawal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. Whereas Jesse will have been through all of that. And he's sort of out the other side. That doesn't mean that he will never go back to it because that is always a, a risk at some point. Um, but it is possible to be able to sort of be in a situation where you can you can sort of separate the cooking side of it from the partaking in it in the same way that, like I say, if you were an alcoholic, you can you know it is possible to go to parties where people are drinking and not drink yourself. You know, mm. so yeah, yeah, you can get to that point. It is possible. Yeah. Um. But uh, with the with the rest of this, I mean, it's it's nice to see Gail show up. I uh, um David Constable, who's the uh guy that plays Gail in this. I'm actually also watching on Billions because he plays Wags in Billions as well. Oh, cool. Um. And he's brilliant. Very, very different character in that. But uh, he's brilliant in that show as well. Uh, he was in Suits as well. That was the other thing. And he was in The Wire, I believe. Pops up in The Wire as well. But yep. um, So, yes, been been lots of different things. But uh, I I love that guy. He's he's great, uh, particularly as Wags in Billions. But uh, lovely to see him back in here as well. He's, a, he's an interesting character. Um, mm-hmm. And, That's uh, quite a good yeah. CV. The Wire, Billions, Breaking Bad, Suits, yeah. Suits, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Not a bad CV, is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if you make it onto a HBO show uh, or Breaking Bad, um, you've 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 hit, you know, pretty much the peak, <laughs> or you, well, you know, been on one of the best things. So. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, the the uh, Kirsten Ritter. Um, basically credits breaking bad for the reason why she got jessica jones so you yeah know. that's fair yeah um, uh what do you think of the hank parts here uh yeah i mean it makes sense that after the information he found out about um uh last week it makes sense that he'd go and sit outside 
Jesse's house. Um, you know, he's still hunting down this this RV. Uh, and of course, why wouldn't you call Walt to say to ask him the question of like, hey, do you remember that kid? Do you remember him having an RV? Because I mean, that's an obvious thing to kind of call and ask and check, not knowing who Walt is. You know, so mm. all makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the cousins show up at Los Poyos Hermanos and sit in a booth, growing increasingly impatient and angry that Gus Fring is still uh, standing in the way of them carrying out their kit on Walt. Gus eventually confronts them and tells them they will meet them at sunset. Um, yeah, this goes across a, a few different parts of the episode. Um, again, always great acting from Giancarlo. Uh, in here as well great acting from everybody but he kind of you know stands out so um again it's that change from him that's that's interesting when he's talking to um the woman he he works with uh and because she's she's arguably almost like more suspicious because she's the one that keeps asking about it gus is the one that sort of i guess because gus doesn't want to make a scene or anything and he obviously he knows who they are anyway and she doesn't um and he's just got this, you know, he's trying to just quietly do his work and all that. And, um, you know, just he just he's just giving the look. Like when, when Gus decides to talk to you, that's when you know it's a bit more serious. When he's just giving you a look like this, it's just observing, I suppose. Um, but no, a good, a good little, a great little setup scene for um, a pretty big bit of information later in the episode as well. So uh, what do you think of the uh, restaurant scene? Yeah, well, you sort of, as you say, come back and forth to this uh, throughout the the whole episode. It's sort of, you know, they're just sat in this booth and Gus is doing things and he's sort of trying to ignore them and then eventually has to sort of, you know, give in and uh, because one of his, he's afraid that one of his workers is going to cause problems. So, um, but it, it is that turn. It's that sort of happy, smiley um, chicken shop owner, Gus, that the moment... And it's the way Giancarlo's face changes. Mm. Like, he's sort of happy and sort of sees his, his worker walk off and then turns to them and his face completely changes. And it, it it does that so well. It's really quite terrifying. It's one of the things that makes that character so terrifying is how he can come across as so sweet and so friendly and then suddenly is like this monster. And... It's all with a just a slight change in facial expression. Um, yeah, it's it. What makes Gus a, such a terrifying character? I think. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, and, and the, the you know, and this is where we get one of the lines from the cousins. You know, it's, uh, yeah, just just really good to see this. Mm-hmm. So scrolling through my notes here, um, need to make a bit of an editorial situation. Um, there is nothing else in here about uh, Gail and Walter. So if we talk about it before we get to the RV scene, which is actually next, I think that right. makes that makes sense. Because doesn't he have that conversation before he gets to the thing? Um, but yeah, so I think that, so. But yeah. I mean, yeah, put it in here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they. <clears throat> excuse me. So they keep talking about like science and all these kinds of different things. Uh, Gail introduces him to his coffee maker um is is an interesting bit in there as well um he tastes his coffee in that and he's like why are we selling meth 
I was like, <laughs> yeah. hmm, that's an interesting... Again, I, I remember the least about this episode, apart from uh, all the others that we'd seen so far. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting little... Like, imagine if he turns around to Gus and he's like, hey, me and Gail are going to start selling coffee, coffee. instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that wasn't that wasn't part of the deal or part of the plan, I suppose. Because he he said three, three was it three million for three months, but that was for selling meth, not for selling coffee. Um, yeah. I know it's just a little thing that Gail has done. Um, but uh, that was that that was a pretty good little little note as well. Uh, he doesn't say it's good. He's like, this is the best coffee he's ever tasted, and uh, yeah. I've I've no idea how he sort of made it, or whatever. But that was that was quite cool. It was interesting to see somebody. Um, apart because apart from the flashbacks with Gretchen and Elliot, where they talk a bit more sciency, he hasn't done this with anybody in a while because he won't do this with Tank or with yeah uh, anybody else in the show. Maybe Gus at a stretch if he's explaining to him how he's got whatever. Um, but this is like the the two of them are in are, are on the same field here, and because for Jesse it's more I, I, Jesse is not so much about the science; it's more just about you know the, the, the business and stuff, which again is the correlation between the two of them um but i thought most of it was quite good and i, I liked as well because he says like hey you don't kind of strike me as you know the criminal type which okay if you do kind of look at gail plainly he doesn't look like a heisenberg character well, I mean, yeah, um which I mean... which i kind of agreed with walt there but then he says to him like okay he makes this stuff and rather than rather than a dealer going somewhere worse or getting a worse a product, he can offer them the better the better one because he cares sort of more about the science. Is is the angle that I got from mm -hmm. from that? So I thought that was an interesting way to kind of explain that as well. So what was you going to say? Yeah, I mean, Gail's argument is basically consenting adults are going to get drugs if they want to get drugs, um, and um, it's it's the sort of libertarian point of view of of uh, you know, um, people have the the idea of of the libertarians is basically people should have the right to do, you know, the, with maximum autonomy, as, as long as uh, you know, uh, uh, as long as you're not sort of a danger to somebody else. They people should be able to go out and do things like if they want to go and take drugs, they can take drugs you know they're very much on the sort of point of view of all drugs should be legal which there is an argument for that um because criminalizing drug use hasn't gone particularly well i mean if you look at the us's war on drugs it it really hasn't gone well for america mm. and there is an argument and there are some countries that have done this which uh, to say you legalize but control all drugs because that way you're not having and this is sort of the argument that gail's making is um you know if you've got cocaine out there that's then at least if it's controlled you can regulate it so it's not being cut with fentanyl or or you know baby powder or whatever it else it is that they put in those sort of drugs you can make sure that the product is decent and clean and well you know made and that's the argument that he's making with the meth is that you know people are going to want to take meth that want to take meth and they're going to get it regardless of whether it's legal or illegal so um 
by doing this, I can make sure that the product that is out there is of a good quality that is not stuffed full of poisons, you know, other than I mean, the meth itself, obviously. But, it, you know, it's it's not stuffed full of other things that you wouldn't expect in there. Mm. Um, so you can take it and know that you are getting a pure product. And that's yeah. kind of, that's basically his argument. Um, so I sort of get that, but it, it's quite um, nice seeing the, just the sort of back and forth of that discussion going on. And also them nerding out about the science as well. And the coffee maker, which is ridiculous and over the top, but is fantastic. And yeah, the, the comment about why we're making meth, I really like as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good to continue to see that those small little human more comedy parts mm-hmm. for, from Walt because they're not going to last forever. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to think of like what Walt is like in the final season and towards the end. It, it, there's still there's still changes to happen, um, which is yeah. a part of character development and stuff. So <clears throat> um, that was great. Uh, speaking of Walt, he drives to Clovis's lot, who is fixing up the RV while chatting with Badger. Walt informs him that the DEA is trying to find the RV and that they must get rid of it. Clovis tells him about old um, Joe, a man who owns a junkyard who will be able to destroy the RV with no questions asked. Badger calls Jesse and tells him that Walt is planning to have the RV destroyed, prompting him to rush to the junkyard. And Hank follows him there. <laughs> Um, obviously Jesse doesn't know that's the case anyway but yeah there's there's that going on so this is kind of the build up to the big scene obviously with with Hank and stuff Um, yeah again I kind of remembered 5% of this yeah maybe I, I remembered kind of Hank discovering the bullet holes I remembered them watching the RV getting crushed but some of the other parts in here, like what Hank says and and other things, I I, I didn't remember really remember at all, which was again very very interesting. Um, yeah, what do you think of the kind of the build up to the the Hank scene here? Yeah, I mean, it's it just fits together so well. You know, you've got you've got these sort of. Uh, um, the various characters that we've seen before. You've got some new people in there as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, the RV, I, I remember the RV had to go at some point. I couldn't remember exactly how it went um, because it had become a liability. Because the moment Hank realized about the RV, it was at a point where you're like, well, yeah, he's, he's going to just think. keep chasing that thing. Yeah. Until yeah. he gets it. Walt drives the RV to the junkyard and um, pays old Joe to scrap it. An enraged Jesse suddenly shows up and Walt horrified realises that he's led Hank right to them. Uh, the two lock themselves within the RV while Hank um, tries to force the door open. Old Joe steps in uh, and tells him that an RV is a domicile and therefore he cannot legally search it without a warrant. Hank relents and phones the DEA uh, office for a warrant. Things quickly uh, sorry, thinking quickly, uh, Walt comes up with a plan to lure him away. He has uh, Sol Goodman's secretary, Francesca, uh, call Hank to tell him 
that Marie has been in a car accident and is being rushed to hospital in a critical condition. Hank leaves the junkyard and rushes to the hospital, but soon after he arrives, he receives a call from Marie and realises that it was all a hoax. Uh, some f- seething with anger and having been fooled, Hank realises that Jesse was somehow behind it. With Hank gone, uh, old Joe scraps the RV as Walt and Jesse watch solemnly. Um, it's almost like slightly sad <laughs> just getting yeah. the RV destroyed, but... Not, not, not quite. It was just, uh, yeah, it was what it was. Um, yeah, what happens to Hank here? I think is kind of the the highlight. Um, it's just that the, the way when he's on the phone with Marie and she's just cool, calm, and collected. I, I would say like nothing's happened because nothing has actually happened. Um, there's some quick thinking here from Walt though, because Jesse kind of is just admittedly panicking which is understandable but see yes, but it's because obviously you know Walt thinks of oh if I call and or get thingy to call and talk about Marie that will get him to go away um there is also obviously the other aspect of okay we'll distract him from it by telling him okay this legal stuff and that he can't break in and all that um I liked as well seeing admittedly when Joe's saying to him about warrants and this and that, and you can see Hank being slowly tur- slowly slowly being pulled back because he gets this realization on his face of like, yeah, he's right, and I can't do this, and um, then he tries the trick with the bullet holes, and then it's like, oh, how did you know they were there? And that the way Hank gets slowly pulled away, because Hank, although he's very, you know, it's good that he's very dedicated to his job, especially considering what his job is. Um. Yeah, it, it was interesting to to see him be slowly sort of pulled away. That was uh, quite well done. A little bit, yeah, over the top with the Marie call and that, but obviously they know that Marie's fine. Um, but, yeah, it, it it's going to get probably into a situation of, you know, Walt and Jesse starting to do maybe some more slightly more extreme stuff like this. Um, but, uh yeah, again, I, I didn't remember, because I, when they got to the scene of him starting to search the RV, I was like, okay, I can't remember how Hank gets pulled away from this, and he starts mm-hmm. talking to him about stuff, then he says about a warrant, and I'm like, okay, how are they going to actually get him away from from this, because I, I, I couldn't remember at all, Um, and then, because there's the Marie call, which is weird, because I kind of remember the bit where he freaks out in the hospital, but not how he got there which was which yeah. which was cool or, or that it was even in this this episode um but then that sort of connected to that which was again quite good uh what do you think of the rv scene here? uh yeah i i again i had, couldn't quite remember how they got out of this and yeah and i didn't remember the recall at all so yes i i rather like that um the, the rv getting destroyed at the end of it i mean i presumably they have multiple rvs of the same thing because uh it has appeared in flashback and the rv does the it's if you ever happen to be over in america um and do a tour of the sony studio lot it is actually the rv is on the studio lot uh you can take fix it pictures with it alongside um the ghostbusters um cars it's it's like right next to the ghostbusters hmm. cars um cool so is, it, is, the there RV... anything, is there anything else breaking bad in there um, no, I think that's the only thing that I <clears throat> saw. There, there might have been 
I can't remember whether they've got some of his, like the hat and the coat and stuff, some of the Heisenberg sort of gear, I think. <clears throat> and I think they possibly have a bag of blue meth on display somewhere uh, from the show. But um, the RV itself is, is actually sat on the back lot. So um, presumably they have multiple versions of it and um, they only destroyed one version of it, um, you know, so, so the, for the show. But, yeah, um, this is just a great sort of scene throughout. The sort of back and forth of, of Jesse and Hank and, like, Walt feeding Jesse lines that, I mean, Jesse wouldn't be able to come up with on his own. And uh, the yeah. old Joe being fantastic in there as well. It, it's, it's just a really nicely put together thing of sort of how they managed to get out of that. And uh, scrapped the RV, uh, so it's now gone. Um <coughs> So whilst I remember some of the scenes, some of the episodes or bits of the episode coming up, I can't quite remember what Jesse does next. So I'm be interested to see that. Because, mm, yeah, Hank's going to be gunning for him. Uh, he, he already was anyway. But um, And it's it's so interesting that, like, because he has no reason to think Walt is involved at all. No. Um, even though he's right there and he's involved with Jesse. But... Yeah, the the differences in approaches that he's going to be having between Walt and Jesse is, um, yeah, it's it, it it's such an interesting way to do that story, and it is a good idea, I suppose, from the start to have him related to Hank and have that be a problem for him. Yeah. In 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 the series, uh, you know, the, the brother-in-law side. So very very good. Uh, Gus meets with the cousins at sunset in a remote location. It's always in the desert somewhere. Uh, he tells them again that he will not allow them to kill Walt until his business with him has concluded. Uh, but gives them his blessing to go ahead uh, um, instead of go after the man who actually pulled uh, the trigger on Tuco Salamanca, which is Hank Schrader. Uh, so you've got that to add to the pile as well for, for, for Hank. Yeah. He's got the cousins after him, which is very, very bad. Um, this kind of obviously this tells you two things. This tells you where the cousins are going to be going next, and they've been diverted essentially, which they're fine with. They they just want to kill people, <laughs> um, and they're looking for someone to yeah a target. Um, this also tells you where Gus is at with Walt and what he thinks of like, because um, to me that tells me okay once he's done with his three months, which is what he's getting the cousins to wait for. Obviously, they're not going to actually sit around and around and wait for three months, which is why they wanted to talk to to uh, Gus in the first place. Um, he's got on his mind then, apparently, that once uh, you know Heisenberg, Mister White, is done with the three months, you can just kill him, um, or I, I'll give you permission after after that, rather than rather than instead saying like, "Oh no, he's really, really, really valuable. We can't get rid of him at all." Um, so yeah, that 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 was kind of an interesting little nugget of information as well. Um, but he has to divert them to Hank at the moment, which again makes sense because of Hank's connections to everything. Plus he's DEA, which you know would 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 get in their way uh, and everything. But um, again, another really really brilliant scene. Obviously, it's always brilliant with Gus and Giancarlo. Um, but uh, yeah, a very very good way to end the episode, and it put into my mind immediately what i think next episode is yeah. about uh, one that I've, there's a few kind of coming up one involving a particular insect 
um <laughs> that, that i'm i'm really curiously looking forward to to going back yes to. so yeah that'll be that'll be great um one that that episode has got very different opinions about it as well and i'm looking forward to uh us us getting to that one Yes, episode um, ten, I believe that episode is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the uh, titles and stuff yesterday. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the ending scene here? Yeah, I mean, it's a clever ploy by Gus here because you know he needs Walt around at least for now. Um, you know, not necessarily forever because you know, but he he needs Walt at least for the next few months. And he needs to get the cousins off the, off his back. So he points them at DEA. And that's quite clever in that, you know, the, the bosses, you know, the cousins' bosses have basically said the DEA are off limits because they don't want the heat that that would bring. But from Gus's point of view, he's fine with it because it's a sort of win-win Either the DEA kills the cousins, in which case, great, he's not going to deal with them anymore. Or the cousins kill the DEA, which brings a huge amount of heat down on that bit of the cartel, but not on him. Because they're all going to be focused on that side of the cartel. So it's sort of good for him either way, because he doesn't care about Hank. I mean, why would he? He's, you know, it makes perfect sense to point them at him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a clever play by Gus. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the actual scene where Hank does kill Tuka. That was out in the desert with the uh, car suspension, wasn't it? Where the car was bobbing up and down in yeah. season two, I want to say. Yes. Um, yeah, because at the end of season one, that's when Tuco goes mad one of the first times and makes uh, strikes a deal with Walt and, and Jesse in that like junkyard and then yeah Hank finds them later and I remember he was trying to like time his shot or something with the car door because he was taking cover I think I remember right, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um I remember that he did kill him I just yeah had to think back to that scene um but yeah it's it's arguably that okay yeah you should be more after Hank than Walter because yeah but then you know Walter is the Heisenberg, right? So mm-hmm. there we go. All right, it's the end of the episode. Let's get in some feedback, some emails. If you've got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever they are, either about Breaking Bad or any of our other podcasts, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, and there's information in your show notes. Josh writes in and says, Hey guys, this is actually my 10th time through the show, so I'm happy to get to my double digits with you both. You've both praised the acting for Breaking Bad, but who do you think is actually the best? Whew, that's a tough, uh, <laughs> tough call. Um, tenth time. Uh, well, happy that you got to celebrate the double digits watch with us then, if, uh, if that's the case. Um, and hey, there's nothing wrong with watching Breaking Bad multiple times. You, no. it, it's best for you to watch, do that with a better show rather than watch some other rubbish or something, you know? Yeah. So, definitely. Um, I sort of want to say Giancarlo. I think uh, well, that, I, that, yeah, that, I mean, that's not me disrespecting any of the other actors because I, they're, they're all quite brilliant. But if you are, you know, genuinely asking me to just pick one, um, he's kind of the one that I point out a little bit more as well. But it's just, again, they're all brilliant. 
that there isn't there isn't any bad acting in the show certainly um there's obviously people that have got smaller roles and things but that doesn't mean they were performed worse it's just something about the way he portrays as gus um and i know yeah the way brian does heisenberg and all that is really iconic and stuff um it's just the way he can like change his mannerisms and the way he just the way he operates the way he does things um i think i'd go with giancarlo how about you if you would have just yeah, picked one it's it's giancarlo if, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for one particular person it's giancarlo um i mean i love how brian plays Walt as well and i think he's he's great in that role and it's it's nice how he, he manages to flip between sort of the hardness of heisenberg to the you know kind of goofier side of walt but giancarlo is astounding i think throughout both this and throughout better call soul uh as you said there are things that he can do with just look or a slight gesture uh and some of that i mean it's it, you know as well as great acting it is great writing you know but it, it's it's how he plays that character he's mm. uh just looks the mannerisms how he can do things without having to say anything it, it, it's an absolutely outstanding performance, and and I think if you were going to pick one person out of the show, it's Giancarlo Esposito. Mm. You know, I I think unquestionably that yeah. would be the person that I would go with. Yep. There we go. Uh, Harrison says I'm <clears throat> someone who's a big gamer and spends more of my entertainment time doing that and only watching the big popular shows. Um, how would you imagine a Breaking Bad game working? Uh, I think somebody asked this to me and Robert, but this was like a good few years ago because obviously that was <laughs> on the on the gaming podcast. <clears throat> uh, the only difference is Robert's never actually seen uh, Breaking Bad before. Um, how would a game work? I mean, it depends on okay, what uh, graphic style do you want to go with? What game type do you want to go with? Are you looking more of a Telltale thing? um are you going with more of a i mean i don't think a first person breaking bad game would work so i would i would rule that out um like a third person would it be an action game it wouldn't really be a cover shooter so it wouldn't really do that um i think arguably a telltale style game would work the best because this show is i mean yeah there are some action scenes and some really some ones that really stand out but most of the show is driven by the character's actions and dialogue it's not really an action series is it like it's not um it's not 24 or something in fact there is a third person action game of 24 on the playstation yeah. 2 and that's very much just you go room to room jack says some stuff you get the ticking clock and you do some shooting which suits what 24 sort of is and then there's obviously some cutscenes, but um this is much more yeah dialogue and uh, choice driven so I, I would say that would probably work the best how you would do the story i don't know would you do it as like a different adaption would you change some stuff um <clears throat> i'm not sure but uh yeah a, a telltale games style i think would work the best which is well not really third person but it's not, certainly not first person so um because you could say okay what about if like rockstar made one but then rockstar does things like red dead and gta which are more of the third person action style and you couldn't really do like an open world breaking bad game that wouldn't quite make sense unless it's something where you're in the car or the the rv as jesse and walt and you get out and you like 
you have to drive to a location to make a deal, but then they don't really do that in the show. So, like, you, you don't see them driving from street corners. Like, they don't do... This isn't... The, that That would suit more of The Wire, I, I think, if it was more sort of street corner stuff. Like, you driving around the streets, literally, like you kind of do in, in GTA. Um, it's much more sort of... Uh, uh, enclosed than than that. Anyway, what would you what would you do for like a Breaking Bad game? Um, I mean, I should point out that there is a Breaking Bad mobile game called Criminal Elements. Apparently, uh, just, right. just the, the, but I mean, not uh, you know, if you're talking an actual game rather than a, a sort of pay to play mobile. Um, I, I think for me, the obvious way to go, I mean, yes, you could do a sort of GTA style thing, but the problem with that is you are then either have to insert yourself as a, a character. It's either got to be set in sort of an alternate universe where you're playing a version of Walt or Jesse or both of them, or, you know, and you're, playing it out of your own story and it's a story driven thing to me the more obvious way to do it would be some sort of strategy game where you're cooking the blue meth and distributing it and it ends up being a sort of drug empire strategy game where you've got to sort of take over the world it's that would be probably the thing that I would suggest will be working reasonably well. I mean, there are video games that do, you know, those sort of strategy video games where uh, that that are about drug dealing, where you can you, you sort of setting up drug empires and that sort of stuff. I mean, they going from sort of modern drug cartel stuff back to your kind of you know 1920s mobsters so i think there is something in there that you could do some sort of strategy game based around it maybe Mm. um you know building strategy game that sort of thing uh you know you start out cooking in an rv and then you kind of you've got to build up to get a super lab and you, you know i think there is there is something in that in terms of the game um so the gta thing I think would be possible, but I think it would also feel like it, it would, if you can't put Rockstar's sort of money into it, it, it could potentially end up being just feeling like a bit of a cheap ripoff. And, <laughs> yeah. you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, Caroline writes in and says, I feel very, very sorry for Hank. His job is incredibly hard and his ambition is satisfying to watch. But with everything so far in season three, especially it being his brother-in-law is just great. Um, yeah, I've I've come away with a bit of a, not a different view of of Hank. Um, although I, I think I remember the first time I watched it, I kind of viewed, I don't know why this was. And again, this was like nearly 10 years ago because I watched it in 2014 and I was, you know, a different person, I suppose. Um, I remember when I was first watching Breaking Bad, and I just wanted Hank to sort of get out of the way because, yeah, I was obviously I didn't know what happened, what turn, Heisenberg turns into, and all that sort of thing. But I just wanted, okay, Hank needs to get. My, I think I remember my thought process being Hank needs to get out of the way so that Walken can get his money, so that he can give it to his family, and it can all work out well. 
um obviously that idea was a bit more hopeful that was a bit more of a hopeful view of the show maybe <laughs> but uh i I, di- I didn't view him as a as a villain per se just somebody that was in the way of walt but now that i'm going through it now obviously with prior knowledge um it's like okay you do still want him to somewhat get out of the way because you, you do want walt to whether or not you want walt to succeed as a person but you still want the white family like you know you've got um Walt Jr. and you've got, uh, is it Holly, the the baby daughter? Um, you want them to have a good future. But in all, but there's a chain of events in, in, in the way of that. Because Hank is unknowingly getting in the way of Walt getting, like, whether or not you like Skylar or whatever. I'm, I'm thinking of the, the, you know, the children here of Walt Jr. and, uh, or Flynn. Um, although at this, but in this episode he's going by, um, Walt Jr. at the moment, but Walt Jr. and Holly, um, see, that's where the the good part of Heisenberg still kind of stands out, because, uh, although his motives do change later on in in, in the series, the idea from the start of, okay, I want to be this, I want to be, I want to be a good guy and do a good thing, but I have to do a bad thing to do the good thing, I want to get my family more money because I'm not going to be here forever, because of this thing that's happened to me, so I have this knowledge to do a bad thing, to try to do a good thing, which is where the grey area thing comes in. It makes it so interesting. Um, because I happen to know the science because I'm a overqualified science teacher. But then you follow that chain of events. It leads to him working with Jesse, which gets Hank in the way. And then Hank is unknowing, un- completely unknowingly in the way of Holly and Walt Jr. getting the money that they need. Again, whether or not you like Skylar or you want her to have money... I, I don't think is it again that's that's almost more of a like a different type of block to to hank because obviously um skylar knows about it now and she's she's confl- sort of conflicted about what to do and she's being advised of what to do and it's such an interesting mess of these characters that are sort of unknowingly in the way of each other who are trying to do a good thing but have to do a bad thing which has caused the person to try to get in the way of the of, of the thing it's it, it's what makes breaking bad so complicated and interesting to me um but then even if in let's say even if in this episode walt steps out of the rv and and flower explains everything of like i i of like hey you care about walt jr don't you? you care about holly i need to do this thing which means you need to get away from the rv and this and that but then Hank would probably pause and then maybe say, you know, okay, I understand you want to support your kids. He would be obviously supportive of that, but you can't do this blue crystal thing. And that's the the main reason Hank's even going, well, going after Jesse, which happens to also involve Walt. So, yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there kind of, uh, kind of going on, I suppose. Because um, to me, it is kind of more about... Okay, whether you like Walt or you like Skylar, it's sort of about the kids who have got some of the lesser screen time in the whole show. Um, so there you go. But what do you think of, uh, I guess, all of that and Tank's involvement? I suppose. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think. Um... I, I, Hank is the problem is Hank, Hank is just a guy trying to do his job. Yeah. You know, um, he's a DEA agent. He's supposed to be trying to stop the drug trade. Um, 
you know, when he is going after the people that are making it or trying to, A, has no idea what's involved. I, yeah, I, I, I think I remember when I was watching it first time around, you are a bit like, I, I kind of get where Hank's coming from, but he is a bit of a bullshit kind of character and you're sort of, yeah, you just sort of wonder, I don't know. I, 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 you, you kind of are sort of rooting to Walt up for a Walt up to a point, you know, because he is kind of the anti-hero of this story. I mean, yeah. but it then kind of at one stage turns into pure villain, and then sort of slightly redeems himself towards the end a little bit. But it, yeah, it's so it's a, it's interesting. Well, with with Hank, it's like. Yeah, I, I get where he's coming from. He's trying to do his job, so... Mm. Yeah. I mean, because, uh, you know, you look at how things have gone and people have died and, like, Walt didn't want anybody to die. And no. I mean, I mean, because when, when you look at season one Walt, who just wants to, okay, do a bad thing, but sort of innocently, because it's not like he's trying to join one of the gangs and, like, shoot people or... It, he's just trying to, okay... He'll sell some stuff, which is going to be sold anyway, um, and then get his money and get out. But then it's how things change after that. So, um, but no, on, on yeah, I'm kind of with Caroline here on the. I think this is my third time through. Of you do feel more sorry for Hank because he's trying to do this one thing and things just keep happening to him, um, yeah. like the head explosion thing and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff, and people like keep moaning at him to do something else when he's so dedicated to get this one thing and yeah so there we go all right that's what we've got for you for this episode uh episode seven is next of course so we will do that one next time uh thank you all very much for listening Uh, in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org tv games uh films main night podcasts uh take a look at what we do uh still stuff to, to come um, doing some other film reviews, uh, watching some shows for some other podcasts. Uh, May night are back on Saturday. Um, I think the Carabao couples will start soon, so that'll be added to that. So hopefully we can retain that this year. That would be quite good. Um, but yeah, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk, TV, games, films, May night podcasts. Uh, remember, classic reviews back later this year. But if you don't want to wait around for season six, um, there is five plus one bonus season that you can listen to so if you're intrigued by the idea of me uh reviewing and watching like old classic stuff because apparently i'm still a young person and uh, there's things that came out before my time and the whole idea of the series is for me to go back to those older things and uh, watch them and review them so if you like that idea there's already a bunch of episodes for them so you can check that out before season six gets here which is sort of the idea of why i put season six a bit later as well so uh go and check that out um word of mouth social media listen to more episodes support us in what other way you choose to do so uh patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers ad free podcast review options look at that as well if you'd like to uh tv and film news uh geek town radio um tuesdays geektown.co.uk david that's run by you um what is going on over there um we've got lots of news and air dates and stuff uh going up we are sort of coming into the time of year when um stuff starts to reappear usually but of course with all the strikes going on things are a bit all over the place so uh, some things are coming back some things aren't so uh, you can catch up on all that sort of stuff over on geektown.co.uk there is also geektown radio which uh, you were on this week actually and uh, we talked about uh 
the movie Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, the Midspot Atom Eve, uh, Foundation, the TV show. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, Dave the Diver, the video game. We were talking about that on there as well. We talked a bit about Last of Us, Jack Ryan, a uh, bunch of news, some stuff about the strikes as well, some updates on that. So uh, that's episode 393 of Geek Town Radio. You can find that on geektown.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. Creeping up on uh, episode 400 there. Yes, yes, yeah. we are. Very, very soon. Um, but yeah, I talked about Last of Us this week. Shocking, I know. Uh, you can go and listen to that over on that, of course, geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio. Uh, Bex, you can find her on lots of different places. Uh, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, mainly Twitch is her sort of platform. Uh, so go and support what she's doing. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Trista Bytes. Uh, me over on eTalk UK um, for Twitch and YouTube is Entertainment Talk Plays. I put a few other bits of random clips and stuff like that i've still got so many clips to go and upload but one day i will put those up there but if you're interested in like random call of duty stuff and just other 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 th- when when something happens in a game and i make a clip of it or whatever so check that out youtube entertainment talk plays for that thanks very much for listening and we will catch you next time goodbye Bye.